I am Andrew Lewis, That's what I love. Mr. Mallard. Uh, join me as always, uh, Mr. Chief of Morale himself, Bud Copeland. Bud, how are you this evening before you? So the point being is, good golfers are fucking dime a dozen. And we saw it in full swing with the line of demarcation between... Here, are you ready, Bud? Are you ready for the players? Are you ready to make money? Are you ready to try to beat me? I didn't do my homework this week. And welcome in, everybody. Tuesday here. Divots and Pivots starting off Fantasy Sports Corporation's Tea Time Tuesday. Uh, following us up will be, as always, Plus Money Golf coming in at 10 o'clock tonight. I believe that's going to be their new uh, solid time. So I know they've jumped around 9.30, 10, 10.30, 10 o'clock. Should be the time you could find them every Tuesday after us here on Fantasy Sports Corporation. And here he is, the man of the hour, Mr. Bud Copeland, joining me as, as joining me as always Hope you brought uh hope you brought your vocal cords tonight because guess who woke up with his fantastic at this point probably signature cough of allergies because the weather got nice. Are we That's matching me. in green? Uh mine's a very dark green. Yours my well Celtics yeah. green, yeah. Mine's not not quite Celtics, mine's more of a Woof. forest. Woof, there's a game one <laughs> egg that you want to see laid. Is is James Harden that big? Is he actually that big of a? I mean, he looked he looked like thick around the midsection, but he could still move. Oh, he's been thick for a few years now. Have I missed something? I've been <laughs> I've been in the golf world. It's been it's been like I, I want to say maybe like two years ago. It was the the jokes came I mean, out. Good on him. He, big guy, big guy can still do it. Yeah, he showed up to like practice or something, and he he looked considerably larger. So then people were making memes of making him even bigger, and it, just, it was all good fun. It was all good fun. <laughs> welcome, welcome to Boston. Uh, rough sports week for Beantown, though. Yeah, I what mean, are we going to talk about? Why would we? Come on, move around. Well, because you're the only <laughs> you're the only hockey guy I know. So talk to like in where where would you rank this in the all time like letdown of great seasons that just didn't pan out? The, obviously, the most recent one a couple years ago, Golden State, they have the seventy three wins, and then Kyrie for three after the the Iguodala block, but. <clears throat> This is this is worse because it broke records. Just like Tampa Bay was bad a couple of years ago, losing to Columbus, being swept. They got swept by Columbus in the first round after setting the at that time the the record that the Bruins just broke. They tied Tampa Bay tied the record then. Uh, so this one is worse now than that. Even though they didn't get swept, it almost makes it hurt more. I mean, if they would have gotten swept, I don't I don't think it would have hurt as much. I think it would have definitely been the bigger egg. Uh, sure. The second egg we're talking about laying tonight. If they would have gotten swept, it would just be like, damn, that's a choke job. I was even, I'm sitting there, it's 3 2. There's two minutes left at home. Yeah. Lock it down. Everybody just go, just go lay in front. Everybody just go, let's go human pyramid, build a wall. Don't at me. You, you know, just, <laughs> do, just the one thing you can't have happen. I just, I, uh, God, that it was, was just a, it was a series of it was a series of overthinking, shooting themselves in the foot, and that's just what it was. It's what it came speaking down of to overthinking, painful to watch. Speaking of overthinking, do you think this Joe Lacava news switching bags from Tiger to Patrick Cantlay? Um, hopefully, this will speed up his game. I don't. That's the thing about Joe Lacava <laughs> as a caddy is I don't know what his kind of speciality may or may not have been. Uh, yeah. I mean, he could he, you know, maybe he just knows the right thing to say in the right moment. Uh, I don't know if he's like super good with yardages or whatnot. That's something we should actually probably look into more profiles of caddies. Mm-hmm. But um, I found call, that yeah. to be I found that to be super interesting. And also, who's going to be on the bag? You know, Augusta next year. I think Tiger's out for the rest of the year. We know that we, he's got those seems that of, way. Couple of, but I love the doctors talking about how he could be coming back as this bionic man now. Like he finally went in there and fixed all the stuff that was effed up, and now there's going to be no pain, Tiger, and watch out. Uh, I would That's love it. to see it. You know, the 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 little the little guy inside me wants to maybe see that one last 18 month stretch where he snags. I'd love to see him snag two more and have 17 and just sit there at 17. Yeah, I think. I mean, be that would be nice. It. it would be nice. But um, um 
but who's going to be on the bag for him? I th- that's where I think it, I wish Fluff could still come back, but he's a little too old. He he carried for uh, mm-hmm. Furyk at this U.S. Senior Open, but I don't know. Maybe See, Charlie's where, in the bag. Uh, that's, I doubt it, but maybe that'd be fun. Or he's I think I think he's got a niece or something or a cousin. I think it's a niece, Cheyenne Woods, who's an outstanding mm-hmm. golfer as well. Um, I don't know. That'd be fun. We'll follow that. Who's going to caddy for Tiger? When he finally does play again, because he's going to play again, it's not like he's going to hang it up. Yeah, but I don't think a, he'll, he'll never. Yeah, I don't think he'll never play again. It's just definitely. I think the, the text I sent you was, it's the beginning of the end, again. Like the fact that he's he's willing to give up his Lukaku as his caddy to go make a living because he knows he's not going to be playing anymore this year. Um, but realistically, even if he does come back and play next year, we're talking what like three tournaments. I think he'll play. I think he will try to build a schedule around five, six events. Six actually being the players being one of them. Which who knows how much longer he's going to you know be able to actually qualify for that. I don't know when those exemptions will run out for him. Uh, his most recent major was I think you get a lot of times you get five years at the players. And so I yeah. think his most recent major was 2019. Who knows? So when that comes to end, that might be. But I would think that the major, the four majors plus the players, the memorial. Uh, if he can, but that's always yeah. out there around U.S. Open time, so I don't know. And then his event, he'll continue to tee it up at his event as long as he feels like he can make it around Riviera and, and you know put up some scores because that's the thing, man. Is until the until until a medical professional looks him in the face and says you, your body can't take that, don't do it anymore. He's gonna find a way to reinvent. I mean, he's he has slowly tweaked his swing over time. Yes. Uh, to adjust for these for these uh, these ailments, so to speak, and you know they they were really emphasizing it at the Masters pre-reign when he was leaning into a lot of his shots for stability, trying to take the weight off that back leg, and that's where that gigantic yep. V-shaped frame up top is just pivoting right there on an axis. Um, in other news, Jack Nicholas. I'm halfway through this article about Jack Nicholas Company v Jack W Nicholas. He's being sued by his own company to basically get rid of him. Have you seen this? Oh, I haven't seen this yet. No. I, and and I, I caught wind Breaking of it. News. <laughs> Easy there, Tonto. <laughs> uh, I caught wind of it at the at the Masters because somebody pointed out he was he was wearing he wasn't wearing his Nicholas brand logoed stuff. He was wearing generic stuff, or maybe he was wearing an Augusta logo on his sweater or something like that. Okay. Uh, and they said, and it's because he, right now he's in litigation with his own company. And Truth be told, was reading this and then life came calling. So, you know, stay tuned for more on that. But feelings on Jack Nicholas, I mean, just I, I gotta know what happened because he's like the nicest guy in the world. Although he did say in this article he's done playing golf. He's not gonna play anymore. He played four rounds last year, two at Augusta, two at Marion, and then he he's like shot in the eighties each time and said, That's enough, I'm done playing, which is kind yeah. of tear rolls down your eye there. But it makes sense. And yes, Eric, let's Wells Fargo. I love it. <laughs> you, we had to get a few puns in. We'll get Eric it. will kick us off. Uh, yeah, look, it, it's we're it's, gonna get to the Wells Fargo. Quail Hollow is is a fun place. I love that we're coming back here after the President's Cup. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I'm not gonna get ahead of it. Back to the off course <laughs> stuff. Uh, can we talk about? Can we shit on Phil for a minute? It's, I think we can it's, shit it's, on anybody shit on. involved with the live right now because they're all. Oh, we're not anti. We're not anti. <laughs> but I'm a little anti. The, <laughs> the chirping back and forth, which like he needs it, but hats off to Colt Nost for how he's kind of handling the Twitter spat between the two of them. And yeah. if you if you haven't seen it, basically. It's the same old, same old. Recently, the live players to to keep their names in in the in the in the uh, headlines because they don't play every week or even relative enough to stay well relevant. Mm-hmm. We're chirping about official world world golf ranking points, and what what makes me laugh about this is they're taking a snapshot and, and using that for this judgment. And, and I want to be like, I get it. My position would be that too. We're confident in our product, you know, X, Y, and Z. Look at the quality of our players, just prorate it, you know, but zero, zero. Yes. Zero, because you're still new. You're in year two. 
it, you yeah. know, it, it would be like, again, some three on three basketball league breaking off from the NBA with, you know, with a parallel amount of talent and then immediately wanting recognition with whatever governing bodies and, you know, being pissed if they don't get it. Well, establish yourself. Are you actually going to stick around? You're, you're in year two of a startup and you're asking mm -hmm. for like full blooded entry into this. I understand the criticisms too, you know, and people have a point from a maybe a data perspective where it's flawed if we can if we know that some of these players are not actually factored in but the yeah. counter to that is it's not flawed the system's going to just take a they it might be weighted that shows the impact you had on the previous system how long sure. it's going to take you to keep trickling down you know that's your that's your fortress of excellence is how high up on those world golf rankings you are because inside the top 50 life is pretty good inside the top 30 it's even better inside the top 10 yeah. it's even better you well, know Cameron Smith is state. Cam Smith is still up there Right. He's, because he's still he's, top 15, isn't he? I think so. And because he won, you know, he won two of the big, world's biggest tournaments right before he went over to live. Yeah, so you know, he kind of pointed his fault. flag. It's not our fault, DJ and Brooks and whoever, everyone else who's complaining that, you know, you had a, a down year or two leading into your decision. That's just, that's a career move. It's part of the move. It's and part I of was, the decision. And I was kind of poking Taylor Gooch for shooting over par on the final day and still winning. And that's because he yeah. shot like 23 under par or something the first two days. I mean, he played out of yeah. his mind. And going back to back like that, you know, people are chirping and he's not going to get any world golf. No, he's not because he consciously well, said, I'm going to go take one. doesn't mean that it's not really good golf. It doesn't mean that it's not excellent golf. It doesn't mean that it's not elite level play, but pause for a minute, take that same course under those same conditions and take the 47 other live clowns away. No offense. And put in 143 <laughs> PGA Tour players. And I'm not even talking about maybe a designated event. Just your run-of-the-mill John Deere classic. Yep. Put those guys out there and then see if he goes back-to-back. -back. That's the point is we know it's not the same. Uh, and I think zero is appropriate mm -hmm. until you go through the whole accreditation process, which if there's not a way to adjust for this type of league – then I do think the official world golf ranking needs to just pause and go, all right, how do we factor this in folks? They got a point. Let's make yeah. them stick around for five years and show an established, whatever, whatever it might be. And then we can start issuing points. Uh, but their whole sad song just pisses me off. It's just so old at this point. And isn't the iron look, was I'm, hot when you touched it. Well, and is it look, isn't it kind of smart of the wish of the official, the official world golf rankings to kind of, give it a year or two to see how result, what results yeah. look like. Because like you said, it's one, the smaller field, the constant, there's the smaller number of days. Like they kind of got to get a sense, like how common is it to go back to back? How common is it to, for someone to dominate? Like, cause that's got to weigh into it. I mean, if it's, it, cause then that's just, if it is easier, that depends on how much that dictates how much they weigh everything out. Yeah. And then the counter, I could be my own devil's advocate right now and say, honestly, they're smart people. It would take them not a long, not a long time to crunch a bunch of numbers and figure out what would be a proportionate amount of points given all these different various data that we have, put it together and then boom, there are your points, go earn them. It's still going to take the volume of play sure. to even catch up. That would be my argument is like, sure. Okay. You've established yourself. And then you have a blueprint going forward, three years of operation, and then blah, they, here, this is how you get your points and you have to have this level of whatever, because it'll also, you build your, you build it yourself in there to kind of prevent, not prevent, but to make it, make it so you have to have an organic presence. You can't just go poaching mm -hmm. anymore and then demand a seat at the table. Would it surprise you if it came out that they've, they've have already figured this out? But why are they would be would they, why would they be in any rush to roll it out, considering like how much shit they're getting from the from and the only people they're getting shit from are the live players. So why are they gonna rush it out to appease them? Like it's kind of like you, you piss off your your salesman, you piss off your waitress, your waiter, or whatever. Like are they gonna are they gonna maybe take a take a little longer to get back to your table to check on you because why do they want to deal with you? I don't understand the restaurant analogy, but I know where you're going. I think I, I think I understand. Um, no, I don't understand what the fuck you just said. What, run that by me again. If you're going to continually bitch at somebody who you want something from or you're expecting a service from or some sort of information, whatever, from. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Why, just, why are they going to be in any rush to get that to you if you're just going to keep bitching at them about it right, and tell them that the, they're wrong? That's the, that's the kind of that's the irony behind the whole 
uh, beatings will continue until morale improves. Yeah, if I just yell at the <laughs> server a little bit more, maybe she'll move faster and avoid spitting in my burger. You know, when I'm not looking. Okay, I get what you're saying. Sorry, exactly. I catch up for a minute. Because uh, this is, I mean, it is all about incentives. What are the incentives to stick around? And once these exemptions run out, and I love that Phil pointed out he's good with his exemptions. He's like, I'm playing in every major for the next three years, sure. or three of the four for the next thirteen years. You know, he, and I get it. I get what he's saying. He's like, but you're not providing an avenue. For these other players to get into it. it that's not their responsibility and they do have partnerships and they have obligations and they you know they are they they've been thinking ahead and the criticism about the pga tour maybe they you were saying you know maybe they've already figured this out and they're just going to hold back until they absolutely have to i believe that they probably did smart people probably have figured mm -hmm. it out just like our boy over at acorn hills he's a smart guy he figured out a way to sure do little hang tags for products that are flowers uh, when you when you buy stuff so tbfy 15 for 15 percent off but anyways when you figure something out cool you want to make sure it's the right timing to, to to let it out there it doesn't shock me that the pga tour had all this money saved up and that they they had ideas or maybe they were willing and open to change yeah. but again what's the impetus for it and just because the impetus was this kind of rogue league where speaking of do you see where pxg said they're no longer going to renew live players and Bob Parsons flat out said he was like, no, for me, it's a 9-11 thing. And he's like, I can't, yeah. I can't, I can't. And I don't necessarily agree or disagree. Everybody has their own own reasons for doing whatever, but it does highlight that uh maybe, maybe this is kind of one of those things people will just never get past it, you know? Well, and you can just throw the you know business decision right back at them. It's just a business decision for PXG. I mean, if they, they want to throw, if they want to throw some love to divots and pivots, we we glad we proudly, you know, wave the oh, flag. Yeah. I can't say that because I've hit them, and I don't know if I'll be able to play them. I've got, I've got, I've got Kernwood on Monday. If you remember from last year, forty-one putts, which sounds like a oh, is that that's that are you going back there Monday? Yeah, except instead of forty-two degrees with thirty mile an hour winds and rain, it's supposed to be sixty-eight degrees sunny and no wind. So basically what we're saying is no excuses, right? Play like a champion. 18 pars is what we need. Um, I'm hitting the ball really well, actually. The last two Saturdays in our little league our little league rounds, I think I went 76, 72, won yeah, $100 in the birdies. Yeah, 11 birdies, won you know, 100 bucks in the birdie skin. So I'm hitting the ball well. Uh, the putting just makes me really scared. I think I'm going to get there super early and just putt for about an hour before I do anything else. Yeah, putting is key. That's why it's always in my uh... – in my uh, key stats this year, do we have okay. any promos to run before you do a non-subtle pivot to DFS talk? Are um, we going to go DFS we, early? I think we should. The timing is right. This is a fun I, place to go. And I, was saying, I think we, I think we can it. this week. There's enough. I think there's enough names to talk about where we can easily get lost for 45 minutes here. So why don't we? Why don't we uh, hear from Underdog Fantasy real fast? Uh, mm -hmm. That allows me to refill my water really quick as well because this cough is just pissing me off. Uh, so we will come right back after hearing from Underdog. Stick around for your DFS information. Underdog Fantasy is here to save your post-fantasy football season blues. The easiest place to play and win with the Underdog Fantasy app. Get up to 20 times your money in a single night with our Pick'em contests. Grab some insurance when setting your picks and win even when one pick fails. Go online now and use the promo code DIVPIV to double your deposit up to $100. Sit gingerbread. Good girl. Oh, man. We're back. Underdog. Where it's at all the time. Get in there. Play your snake drafts. Uh, you know, you can have small contests uh, against one. Uh, one other person, two other people, four other people, however, they got a ton of different options set up in there. They also have bigger options as well where you draft against, say, six other people or five other people for a six total. And then your entry that you draft is entered into a massive kind of GPP style. It uh, typically lasts one round. So get in there, check it out. I myself have won a couple hundred bucks a couple times doing that. So it's a lot of fun. Check out underdogfantasy.com and use div PIV with your first deposit. But, yes, let's get into DFS. I this couldn't week. decide if you sounded more like a Beastie Boys cover band or an Eminem <laughs> wannabe when you were saying, this cough is pissing me off. And then, <laughs> I didn't know if you were just about to start going full rabbit on me early. I was so mad when I woke up this morning and realized yeah, I switched it was to tea, man. I've switched, I've switched to a, more of a tea person in the, in the afternoons mm -hmm. and evenings. Um, doesn't help. I'm just saying maybe it would help you. All right, let's, let's do this. We're at Quail Hollow. Quail Hollow, yes. 
I don't know why Rory's getting so much love up top. We'll get into our tier talk in a minute. But thank you, sir. Fun throwback to the first year of the event. So this used to be called the the Wachovia uh, or Wachovia, depending on how you want to mispronounce it. The Wachovia <laughs> Open Championship or whatever it. They've been playing Quail Hollow since 2003. The closing on this course is effing brutal. You got two 500 yard par fours sandwiched around a 225 yard par three. They call it the Green Mile for obvious reasons. You know the reference to the Green Mile. Spoilers. It doesn't. It doesn't have a happy ending. And in 2003, that was the direction it was going. David Toms, which David Toms is one of those golfers, I think. He's up there with Corey Pavin, maybe uh, Ian Woosnam. Uh, there are these like super short guys that can just smash it, and I don't understand it. And they get around and they win tournaments and you know whatnot. But <clears throat> God, now see, it's contagious. It's contagious to the mic. Everyone, put your masks on if you're listening. 2003, <laughs> David Toms has a six-shot lead. Read him six shot lead going into the 72nd hole. Thing is locked up. It's a par four. Like I said, 500 yards, 490 to 500, depending on where they want to set it up. There's a crick, as they would say down south, a crick running the entire left side. Everything slopes right to left. This place is known for the gargantuan trees that you see on the east coast versus like you know the sequoias on the west that line everything. So all he's got to do is punch it out there, get it down there. He's gonna be fine. Nope. Tomsey shoots it out to the right off the tee into the trees, punches across the fairway and almost into the water and then like lays up into the water, kicks or no. Then he clears it onto the green and four putts for a six or an eight. Takes a quad on the final hole for the inaugural. Does win by two. Point being, this is one of those things we could see a Mito Pereira. We could see a David Toms. We could see a Roca Choca, although Constantino made the putt after he flubbed the chip, but then he lost to John Daly in the playoffs. So there you go. History for JD. It was John Daly's birthday last weekend. God knows if we'll get another one. Cause you know, he's, he's got the cancer thing going on. So shouts yeah. JD. We're with you. I don't know why they think Rory is in a headspace to win when this is Max Homa's course now. Uh, it 100% is. And I'm sorry, but Rory just, he, after the disappointing masters, he missed the cut at the masters, missed the cut at the players. I mean, sure, he was doing well before that, but he's kind of taken this the subtle leap off the cliff here, and he, he's slowly making his way down. He might still be able to pull the shoot and, and climb his way back up, but at eleven thousand one hundred and an over eighteen percent owned, no thank you. Yeah, I had no, no interest you. in playing that game when there's enough uh, there's enough guys around in the eight seven k range that you can easily build with. I mean, I, I get it for need. courses and all that kind of stuff, but like you said, the price is too much. Uh, it's it's just not going to be worth it. We don't know where he's at. I know I like to oh. to 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 shit on Dan Rappaport from Barstool when I was saying like Rory's got to answer. We need to hear from Jay Moynihan. All this kind of shit. Um, I don't think Rory has to answer for anything. I think you know he's just going to come back. But I do think that his play has been sus, and so until we see what's going on, and, you know, and, I mean, yeah. He's not playing like John Rahm. He's not playing like Max Homa. He's not playing like Scotty Scheffler. He's not playing like even Victor Hovland has been playing recently. Some of the guys this week to keep an eye on, uh, considering, you know, whatever your key three stats. What are your key three stats? We already went right into the 10K and above range, and we've already said let's we're going to fade hard on Rory, and I know we're not leading the charge on that, but we support it greatly. So what what is influencing your thinking this week? Well, and the, so a couple things here because we will get back to the 10K, 10k range for sure. But you just to say you mentioned horses for the course, a horse for the course. There's three guys in the 9k range that all finished top five last year, including your winner Max Homa. Just saying, you want to talk about where the horses the horses are this week? You don't have to spend all the money to get them. Well, actually, real quick correction before we start getting fact-checked. They were at TPC Potomac or whatever the hell up in Maryland last year because the President's Cup, where I will say Homa did ball out at the President's Cup at Quail Hollow. But, no, not your bad. Your your, your horse (laughs) for a course theory is correct because he did win the previous year at Quail Hollow. Um, So he he won. It was actually – looks like he won 2019. Whatever it is. So he is yeah. he is a two-time winner of the event, and he does very well at this place, and that's the point that I was trying to make. And he's just been playing better recently. Uh, but it does shock me that he's 9,400. I thought he would have been in that 10K and above range, given all that. But, hey, what the Agreed. hell do I know? Well, he like I think some people have been uh, burnt by him in some 
uh, some events recently where he was supposed to go off and he didn't necessarily pay off the value. So that might be playing into it. Excuse me. But what I will say, so my all five of my key stats this week, exactly five. this. Your five key three? Exactly the same as last week. I didn't change a single thing. When I looked at the course, I said this just it makes well, sense here too. Well, I wasn't listening too. to you last week, so you're going to have to remind <laughs> Well, me. it's strokes gained putting, strokes gained off the tee, strokes gained approach, and then par four is 450 to 500, and approach shots 200 plus out is uh, what I'm seeing as the majority of your, excuse me, the stats that you don't necessarily need, but are your consistent stats that lead to like a top 10 finish. That's fair. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree. I was actually just stunned because I thought I had strokes gained off the tee as well. No, I factored in <laughs> strokes gained tee to green, uh, strokes gained tee to green, strokes gained putting, and strokes gained proximity mm-hmm. 200 plus because they're yep. long course. Uh, we're back on Bermuda, so I did do strokes gained Bermuda. There, yep. there's your little. I, you know, I like to try to do a little something extra just for sure. you. Sure, I like basic it. bitch over here. Uh, but the the proximity 200 plus is what really intrigues me this week. I get that's why yep. guys like Rory or Justin I almost addressed Justin Timberlake, the other JT, <laughs> Justin Thomas, Rory, guys who are known for hitting Colin Morikawa, guys who are known for hitting those six, five, four, and above irons very well, very accurately. It's going to take a lot of those mm-hmm. kind of shots this week uh, to do well. But the flip to that is. Maybe the length, maybe, maybe if it's dry enough and they get some run out there, these guys are just hitting the ball so effing long that some of these 450 to 500 yard par fours that used to require those long approaches, they figured out ways to, you know, to hit it and fly it 300 and get that run out to 340. So where their approaches are much more in the 150, 60, 70 range. And for these guys, that's a wedge nine iron, you know, a lot of the times. Matty Fitzpatrick went wild yeah. with his nine iron at Hilton Head, and those were all 160 and 70 and 80 shots. So, um, I, I do think that the proximity 200 plus because of the par threes that are on this course are important. Uh, but Good call, ball yeah. striking is what, uh, is, is kind of what I was, what, what I left off that I, I would normally factor in for, for that reason. If you're, if you're hitting it really well, uh, that's gonna, that's gonna be huge here. <laughs> that's a fucking cliche. <laughs> if it's pretty much listen, the key every week. If listen, if your if your shots are going in, you're probably going to score a lot of points. I will say I will say that uh, so I also played on Saturday. My results were not as nice as yours, but I did have a whole one of my very few pars on the day. I think I had two, two or three on the day, uh, but one of my few pars on the day. Um, I never touched the fairway, and that was including the fairway on the next hole because my drive went so far left it crossed the fairway next to us and landed in the rough on the other side of that fairway. I somehow made it to the rough on the other side of our green. And somehow chipped up and putted for par. So I had a, I had a sexy little par like that. Pars with pars with fairway. no fairways. <laughs> yeah, I, I the dirty little par four. That's the it's ranked the one number one handicap where I play. And when I say dirty little par four, it's because literally this place was built on the old town dump, and so th- they okay. were just kind of piecemealing it together and kind of fitting holes in where they could. This is according to like local lore and legend. Of course, but it goes out about 150, 60 yards uh, from the back tees, goes about 200 yards, and then just takes this hard dog leg right down the, the ground. It goes down first, but the elevation of the hole is even higher. So yep. you're talking about almost a, t- a two club difference from where your ball ends up to where the green is, severely sloped from back to front, uh, and you know, blind shot going uphill. So it's a super tough little par four and my my four iron caught the limb of an overhanging tree that's right there at the corner when i was trying to be a little too cute yeah. cut the corner drop straight down into the rough and i had to just kind of punch it up the hill as far as i could 50 yards out flipped it up there at about 15 feet made the first putt of the day after three putting the hole before so my blood was boiling and then sank a putt and everything <laughs> was back to level that's nice anyway anyway, <laughs> anyway. No, a tangent my bad Let's get. Oh, I mean, into I could this. walk you through every single shot from Saturday oh, I'm if you sure wanted you me could. to. I mean, it'd be could, riveting content too. I could probably walk through the first eleven, and then they get a little hazy after that. Uh, <laughs> Why'd they get a little hazy, Andrew? Transfusions, of course. Why not? Ugh, what flavor? Uh, I was. I tried. So I tried them all because they had three different flavors. <laughs> uh, but I, I landed on the cranberry. This is the one I had the most of. What are you on your period or something? <laughs> okay, departed. 
Thank you. I'm glad you just leave me out there hanging, going like, "God, bud, two seasons. We're we're not gonna make it two seasons." But but say awkward shit on the air again. Okay. Uh, so let's get into it here, though, because I think we both already have said uh, Rory McIlroy just uh, just not in our not our cup of tea this week. And, and for me, like I said, it comes down to a mixture of recent play, the price, and the the ownership. Uh, there's just zero. There's really nothing attractive for me to play him. Here, so uh, no interest on Rory for me there. <coughs> I apologize. Oh, it's been a long night. Um, and honestly, for much of the same reasons for me, Xander's kind of the same. Now, Xander's been playing better, uh, and he lines up well here. Uh, but for me, I just have three guys in the top five directly below him for less money in my model. He, he's ranked 11th in my model, so it's not like he's – a terrible play in my opinion, but just when it comes to, you know, especially on DraftKings, the money that I'm spending to play these guys, I'm going to pass on Xander too. And I'm going to be starting my lineups with somewhere with a mix of Cantlay, Finau and Morikawa. I like that. I like that. I similarly am. God, my hat is starting to get a little crooked there. Jeez Louise. Um, I'm messing with it too much. He's going to the dice too much. That dice moves. Just, I agree. Xander Shoffley <laughs> ranks out first in my model, but 200 bucks less is Patrick Cantlay. And of course, I'm a sucker for a good story. Joe LaCava mm-hmm. on the bag, maybe the first week, you know, the stars align. So is he, is he starting on the bag this week? It's starting like oh, right away. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, I think that's what I, I think. I think that's true. Somebody correct me in the comments if, I, if that's inaccurate. Don't want to be fake news over here. I'm going to stick, <laughs> I'm going to stay away from Tony Fee now just because of my whole back to back theory. Although that's a fair point. I, yeah. We've seen, well, we've seen a hand. It, it, it's just a theory. If these guys are playing well, they can ride, they can ride these stretches. But Tony Fee now, maybe there's the strokes gained home life. Did you see the video of him caddying for his yes. kids? Well, like, and I was just going to bring. I was just going to bring that up because for Tony Finau, a win is even like more energy kind of put out because he celebrates with the entire family, which is awesome. I wouldn't want that to change for him, but um, that is a great call to to maybe leave him alone for the back to back. Uh, but yeah, I just see him caddying. I love that because he did that like three four hours after the the round finish. Yeah, and I love that for a little Ron. Twilight special. <laughs> Twilight special. That was your nickname in high school, wasn't it? Um, I like that John Rom came out and said, basically, if you don't get along with Tony Fee now, there's something yeah. wrong with you. And yeah. I mean, and John Rom's the kind of guy who, I mean, especially maybe it's the accent because he's Spanish that he takes maybe an honor <laughs> a little seriously than we do. We're a little more forgiving because we're just kind of like rebels by nature. Now, sure. I'm with you on Patrick Cantlay, the Iceman. He has been playing well. He's been knocking at the door, you know, a bit here and there, and there's no reason to think that he can't can't get her done at quail hollow so if you're gonna play somebody in the double digit range i would fade rory mcelroy high i wouldn't be shocked by some some xander love because he has been playing well and this is a ball strike and he is another one of those guys who can hit a six iron or a four iron you know two 200 210 oh four and probably 230 uh but with accuracy <laughs> and with touch and with shape and so look for him to make a move maybe but patrick can't lays where i like it down in the 9k yeah. range you weren't lying there's there's yeah. i mean it's it's kind of like you do have to go to that next level and think about things like leverage and ownership exactly uh, are important are important so that's why if i'm gonna eat that although if you look at the ownership projections nobody's overwhelmingly chalk chalky outside of Rory. I don't get the, yeah. Rory love. I think that's, I think that might change closer to, you know, closer to tee off a little bit uh, because I, uh, think the, Cam- I would say yeah, there was actually, I think like three or four, because Cameron Young is approaching 20% projected ownership as well. Um, I thought there was one other one, uh, one other guy. I just can't remember who it was. But I could have sworn I saw one other person, but you're right. As oh, Victor whole, Hovland, the- Victor Hovland. You're right. Victor oh, Hovland. it was Hovland. Right. Yes, you're right. I just saw him right as you said his name, but yeah, but as a, as a whole, that yeah, because he's at like twenty two percent. But yeah, as Which, a whole, you're looking at pretty much thirteen to fifteen percent at the highest for most guys. Yeah, so, and, and I don't mind that. I don't. I don't call especially for that caliber of player. I don't think that's too overwhelmingly chalky. Uh, especially no. because my 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 little math witch doctor magic over here did spit out some people <laughs> in the six and seven k range that I'm big on, uh, including your Same recent here. love affair Eric Cole. But we'll get to that later. So I I mean Victor's Ring out for me. Victor's out for me because I don't think I want to eat twenty two percent with Victor Hovland uh, at a place like this where there are five six seven other guys who you can make just as strong of an mm-hmm. argument for. Uh, I do agree. 
Maddie Fitzpatrick is there for me, and so is Max Homa. I mean, it's, it's going to be hard, especially yeah. I think is only 13% right now. That's probably going to go up a little bit maybe uh, just because yeah. I think he'll be a hot ticket item over the next 72 hours or 48 hours, whatever it is, depending on when you're listening to this. <laughs> yeah, but, Fitzy's right around 12% himself right now. But yeah, I'll, take, and, I'll still take both of those at those percentage. Yeah, so that's that's where I'd say I'm planting some flags in that 9K range would be Fitzy and Homa. I do agree that, that I have them both started. They're two of my favorites to start lines with this week. Gives me a lot of flexibility. I also like the idea of playing a little Jason Day this week. Uh, he's coming in around. Do. Well, he's coming in around thirteen percent ownership. He's ranked tenth in my model at only nine k. He's still playing well, and he really ranks out well for this course. You know, top three in putting in this field, uh, top thirty and off the tee, top twenty and four fifty to five hundred. I mean, sure, his lowest ranking is the two hundred plus, which we did put a lot of emphasis on. But even that, he's middle of the field. And his strokes gained total right now, uh, last time it was calculated, it was 44 strokes gained total in his last 24 rounds. So I like that. Oh, you're on mute, bud. I don't know how that happened. I can't unmute you either. What are you doing to me over here? There fire, you go. I, fire, the, <laughs> fire the intern. Fire the intern. Um, I thought it was we quiet. About, oh, Jason Day. No, actually, uh, he's been on our radar recently as one of those guys who we just keep saying, you know, wait and show me something. And he's been knock, 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 and he's been close. Mm -hmm. But for me, even though he hasn't been in greatest form in the greatest form lately, I, because he ranks out higher in my model and he does fit the profile for this course. Justin Thomas saving a hundred bucks, and mm -hmm. you know he fifteen percent of projected ownership. Uh, that's not to be, that's not too surprising, especially at that price for a name like JT. It's not like he's sure. all fallen all the way off. He just barely dropped out of the official world golf ranking top 10, which apparently doesn't mean anything anymore anyway. So <laughs> yeah, according to dust, it was, it was DJ who came out and said they're basically obsolete now. Right. I think it was him who said whatever. that, whatever. whatever. They've all yeah. said it at least once. Right. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I personally do prefer day over Thomas this week, but I don't, necessarily disagree with your logic it's just not the logic i'm gonna choose see this is a good television you need to be telling me i'm a dumbass <laughs> and like come on this is where you don't get it man those two percent owner that two percent ownership leverage can be the difference between finishing in the money which okay well this well, so guy I did, did i did want to say that but i feel like i always say that to you and i wanted to come up with a different argument but in this case by agreeing with me it, no, but it, no, I didn't really agree with you. I told respectfully you respectfully, respectfully disagreeing with my position. Acknowledging it's kind of it. like how it's kind of like how a trivia last night when uh, my trivia team we, we got three questions right in one round. I said, "Well, you know what? Our logic was really right. We were just really wrong." But the logic wow. made sense. <laughs> you convinced yourself into that. <laughs> what was your uh, What was your I mean, team our, name? Our our our, our team name is the Squirrel Fuckers. Uh, so. Y'all aren't even trying to hide it. Squirrel fuckers? <laughs> so What's the, the story thing is, behind the squirrel fuckers? There really is no fantastic story other than my cousin. Then how does called, squirrel fucking come up? In the Well, in the group chat of who, who sometimes... <laughs> it's not getting in, in the group. Well, there's two, parts the, there's two parts of the story. Because in the group is chat of the people... squirrel? No, no, no. In the group okay. chat of the people who often come, we see who's coming to the to trivia... Stop it. Uh, see who's coming to trivia. Uh, my cousin said he had to work that night, so he was a little mad because we were talking about how much fun we were going to have, and, and he called us all squirrel fuckers. He said, fine, that's what we're going to make our name tonight. We also, one of my good friends is the guy who runs the trivia, so we always try to pick a team name that is either going to be really awkward for him to say or he, it's just going to be hard for him to say. Like one week, uh, we yeah, that's ourselves. like the unwritten rule of trivia. You have to you have to throw them a curveball with the name. Yeah, so like one week we named ourselves the Irish the Irish wristwatches. See, I just struggled. It's hard like to say. That. That's that's family friendly too. <laughs> it's hard to say. Where, but it's... after squirrel fuckers, I didn't know where this was going to go. <laughs> well, we've had some doozies, but the rest aren't quite uh quite as safe as squirrel fuckers to say in the air. So some, some doozies. I like that. But uh, but yeah, so that's uh, we we finished fifth last night. All right, I already tickled Anyways. the 8K range with my JT yes. love and already kind of tipped my hand there that I like him in the 8K range. Um, wow, I swear to God, whatever you whatever you got, you've passed over to me <laughs> and I'm getting like a tickle in my throat. Don't you say it. But what? Sorry, who are you looking at in the 8K range 
as I as I realized that I didn't even have Justin Thomas ticked off. I was just saying that from an ownership <laughs> perspective. He's not even highlighted. Forget that. Forget you, JT. You're on your own this week. See, now I can't even disagree with you without you changing course. No, of course not. I'm a wild Come card. On. You kidding me? Come on. Anyway, so for me in the 8K range, um, at 8,500, Mr. Emotional Damage himself, Ty- Terrell Hatton. Uh, emotional Damage. Emotional Damage. <laughs> uh, 10% ownership coming in there. Um, ranks out 12th in my model. Uh, definitely like taking a stab with him this week. Uh, that ownership is too good. Made 16 out of 18 cuts so far this year. And at 8,500, that seems like the perfect price for him right now to be the exact discount we're getting in ownership on him. Not even factoring in ownership, just looking at 8K in these names and taking their profiles on this course. And I got mm-hmm. three British guys and a young American <laughs> who plays for the major leagues. Uh, so obviously Cam Young, he he at, he ranks out 41st in my model, 8,700. And he's studdish enough that he stands out above it, above everybody else for me. The other three guys, I'm with you there with Tyrrell. Uh, I think Tyrrell. I think I think Tyrrell uh, looks looks good at this place. I think it, if you play well at Bay Hill, I think that's the kind of game that will translate here. Bay Hill has those four long yeah. par, par threes. Those are the kind of shots that you have to work in here. So I like him. And then obviously Tommy Fleetwood at eight at, at eight thousand. I, I unless they know something, I don't. I don't. I don't know why he's only eight thousand. Uh, you know what? How did I? Sorry, go ahead. No, it's fine. I'm, I was going to say, how did, I was just going to agree with you. How did I pass? I just realized I passed right over him without taking him off. But I, the second I saw his stats next to his name, I went, oh, yeah. I somehow well, missed him. 10% projected <laughs> ownership at 8K. I like that. Maybe. Give him a, maybe. Give him, a, give him a little tick there. You might get a little uh, check the box there. Jesus, man. Yeah. I think I think we need to get brought to you by Zyrtec or something. Do you take oh, drugs? Yeah. You know what? Well, we could work that in. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be sleeping fantastic on some NyQuil tonight. Um, that's <laughs> that's... <laughs> oh, I, I was wa- I was watching this like awkward, like this YouTube video where they were like asking awkward questions to each other. And one of the questions this guy asked this girl was, what's your favorite drug? And her answer was codeine. And that's I was like, just, just that's a just, red flag, man. That's a massive red flag. <laughs> just what one that's just that's that's wow. <laughs> I don't I, I don't know if I I mean if she would have been like, I don't know, a little bump of fentanyl or something. It's like all right, at least that I get it, it's cheap, it's easy, it's effective. Codeine is kind of like what what is this? What is this? The 80s? We're gonna go robo tripping later, <laughs> but you know, yeah. before the movies. Robo tripping. When I explained that to myself, I I, exactly. I explained that to my little brother in law one time. He's like, What? I'm like, Yeah, you just kind of would go to the drug aisle. I never did. I never did it. I never did it. I did a lot of other things that I probably shouldn't talk about in live, but I never did this. Um, But people would literally just go take the Robitessin or the cough medicine and chug it until the thought process behind that. Like, where are you as a person, as a human, uh, when that's. Oh God. Anyway, let's go down. Anyways, I, I don't want to glance <laughs> over the fact that you just said a phrase that I don't think I've ever heard anyone say before. Little brother-in-law. Really? I've not heard anyone refer to anyone as their little, just brother-in-law, but not little brother-in-law. So great man, a little off guard. Grady man. <laughs> I've known since he was probably like, I think I met him. I, I met like him and his sister when he was like three or something like that. And his sister, uh, my roommate slash wife, uh, there's not a direct blood relationship, but there definitely is a legal and familial relationship. So he is my brother-in-law, but he's my little brother. Like there's such an age gap there and I've seen the kid grow up and I've been part of his life forever. So he's my little brother-in-law. He's 20 now, grown ass man. He's like six, two. And he finally hit the size (laughs) where I can no longer manhandle him or physically threaten him in any way. And so he's like, yeah, you can't, can't push me around. No, you're talking like Sly Stallone and shit with it. I don't know what the little kids are doing with their mustaches. Now these little, Oh, it's coming back. No, yes. it's not. It's, well, it it's coming back in the sense that I'm seeing it a lot where I feel I like know. I shouldn't be. I know, but then again. So anyways, I, I did have to explain to him that he's right. He is physically can overpower me, but I have no shame. Uh, I, I will use weapons. I will not fight fair. 
uh, lessons will be learned if you ever, if it ever comes to that. But yeah, no, uh, talking to him about robo tripping because I was asking him, what are the kids doing these days to get like fucked up? And he's like, actually, you know, not, you know, we don't really drink that much. I'm like, you're lying. Okay. You don't want to, I'm too old for you to like talk to about it. I get it. Um, but let's go down to the seven K range real quick. Yeah. Because there are a lot of familiar names down there that, you know, Matt Kuchar, anytime he's at a course like this, uh, I feel like you could throw him some love if you needed to. He does not rank out in my model at all. As a matter of fact, the folks that rank out in my model that I want, I want to kind of peek at uh, are some long hitters. Cam Davis, big, tall Aussie, can hit it a mile. And if it's hit, if, he, if he's putting himself in position, he can score. President's Cup guy who played pretty well on this course last year as well. So seeing him down there in the 7K range was a little shocking to me. Davis Riley coming off his first win, you know, just maybe riding some good momentum. He's a he's a Georgia guy. Probably got probably got up to Quail Hollow a time or two uh, in those days. And then Taylor Moore ranked out. I don't even know who the hell Taylor Moore is. He could walk in and introduce himself right now. Still wouldn't know who he was. But he ranks out fourth in my model. And at that yeah. price, and if you're if you're that much, I doubt you're going to be highly owned. So I'm just kind of I might I might throw him some love. Uh, but percent mark right now because I also have a marked around 12 percent, 12 13. And right next to him, Gary Woodland in the 7k range, you know, the way that yep. he's been playing, he is a major winner. He's at that tier of, of play where kind of like when Jordan Speed lost it for a year or so, yeah. when it does click, it's just, it's not like he's gonna inch back up there, although I guess that's what he's been doing while we haven't been sure. paying attention. But in but, the last few weeks, he's been he's yeah. taken that jump, and then of yeah, course, no. your your favorite and mine. And when and when and when the when the the model spits out Keegs, we don't fight with the model. So Keegan Bradley, everybody I had starred in the seven K range. You just said them all. We've been doing this too long. It's like our cycles have <laughs> synced. So that's uh, you know what? Just ring the bell. Ring the bell on all these guys. And you know, I'm, instead of saying ring the bell, I'm going to bring back Bing the Bang. And now Bing the Bring the Bang is going to be whenever we agree. What we, we brought the bang? <laughs> no, uh, I no, can I'm deal with it. Well, I can deal with. <laughs> That was a that was a bad moment to spitball a new idea for the show, but no, I agree with you on all those guys. This is this is another Keegan Bradley course for me as well. Uh, Matt Kuchar, uh, I like at just I mean under four percent ownership on the course that he, the type of course that he does well at, uh, makes perfect sense to me. The the only reason why he dropped so far in my rankings is because he's just not a long hitter anymore. So those two hundred plus approach shots uh, aren't necessarily his his forte anymore compared to the field, but. Uh, everything else he needs at this at this course uh, really lines up. So Taylor Moore, you, you said them all. I like them all. If I'm going to throw another one in there, uh, I like Hayden Buckley too at 7,400. Mr. Buckley, <laughs> he's uh, under projected under eight percent ownership right now. Uh, finished T fifth at the RBC Heritage. Uh, missed the cut here last year though, uh, but I like me some Hayden Buckley this week as well in the seven K range. Mr. Buckley. I like Mr. Buckley as well. And you know what? The 6K range spit out some guys in the top 30 of my for my model and their familiar names. Yeah. And so that's, you know me, I'm a trendy guy. I'm not trying to outsmart things. <laughs> and uh, uh, Adam Svensson, who I know you love. You love I've Adam Svensson. I've been off, been off recently, him. but last year I was a big Adam Svensson guy last year. he I mean, he ranks out 13th in my model, fourth in the putting on Bermuda, and then 40th in those approaches. So I like him there. Eric Cole is 17th in my model. And after coming off of a couple pretty decent showings, um, Akshay is in the field, but I don't, he doesn't rank mm -hmm. out. And I don't know. I'll definitely play him somewhere because after playing on Sunday in that last final round, I think if you're not on team AB, you know, get GTFO. He's, he's actually ranked 22nd in my model. So I do have Akshay start at less than 6% ownership. I, I like playing him this week again. Yeah. That's, you're going to see him in some of my lineups too. And then yep. Pearson Cootie. 21st in my mm -hmm. model. And that's another one of those, like, I think we coined it here on the show, but Adam, Vin, Adam Vinatieri, Adam Vince Lombardi, Vince Lombardi <laughs> would take credit for winning as a habit. Uh, and yeah. he's, and he's won, he's won everywhere he's been, including, including, including in Panama. So uh, he's won as a professional. Now he's, you know, he's, he's on the come up as they would say, don't be shocked mm -hmm. if Pearson Cootie kind of shows out a little bit this week. Uh, I like that. I also uh, so I do agree with I do agree with Eric Cole. I had him starred, uh, so we're, we're both there. And I did also have Adam Swenson starred. I almost forgot I did, but he was also starred for me. So uh, still in sync. I also like. I'm going to go back to the Dylan Wu the Dylan Wu train as well. 
Uh, Dylan Wu ranks out well at 21st, my model this week, under 6% ownership. Um, ranks out top 50 in all of my key stats. So I, I like that for that price, 6,700 and for that ownership. And then my super shot in the dark down here to hopefully make the cut in the 6K range um, is Tyler Duncan. Okay. He's, I've I've played him on a, on a win before, and I honestly can't remember if it panned out for me or not that week. Um, it's only been a couple times I've played him, but he, he ranks out 16th in my model, 6,500. Um, right now projected under 2% ownership. Is definitely a shot in the dark. He's missed the cut here a lot. <laughs> Um, he, he missed the cut at RBC heritage as well. Um, so everything says don't play him, <laughs> but, but he, uh, I like his strokes game total in the last 24 rounds. That are up YOLO, YOLO brother. And like I said, he's off, he's off the T 13th in the field. He's 20th and 450 to 500. He's 40th and 200 plus approach shots in the middle of the field and, and strokes gain approach actually slightly better than middle of the field and strokes gain approach. So it's really his putt. The putting is the only thing that's holding him back from being top 10 of my model. Uh, so if I need to fit it, so here's the thing with the guys I talked about up top, honestly, I'm probably not going to need to, to dip into the six K range, but if I find myself getting crazy with a couple lineups and I had to dip down here, Tyler Duncan is a guy that I'd probably take just a really shot in the dark and close my eyes and pray. That's what we should do. We should also do just a couple of wild and crazy lineups. Did you did you ever have that that uh, SNL wild and crazy kids? Oh, two guys. Oh my god, wilding, wild, wild and crazy kids. Is that what you're yeah, talking about? Uh, yeah, I mixed them. I mixed the two up there for a second, but yeah, I, I know both of them. You could actually mash those two up. Some hey, some DJ out there, mash those two up and do a sick beat <laughs> with the drop, uh, with a nice drop. They'll put anything before the drop. So I, I don't know. I don't know what we accomplished there. I think if you if you do pull some wisdom out of that, uh, I think you should stay away from Rory, which means bet Rory and bet him yep. hard, because uh, God knows I'm not right on these things. No, but um, no, stay strong. <laughs> but, but I really wouldn't be shocked if if Max Homa came out and and you know guns blazing. He's been playing pretty well. Did you see the whole thing with him and Joel Damon on the same flight avoiding each other? I did. I saw that. He was like, Do oh, you, I switched to a I middle did, seat. I, I have not. Apparently, there is there is a beef. And I don't know if it's real. It's probably not. They seem like they're too nice of guys to actually. Oh, I took I took that I, as a complete, like, joking around. I did not for once for one second think that was an actual beef. No, I think there's, like, a there, there might have been. A, okay, I didn't know if you could fill me in on that. My, my finger's not exactly been on the pulse uh, okay. of that story, so to speak. Like I said, I've been down this rabbit hole with Jack Nicholas trying to find out how and why he's being sued by his company. Uh, which I was watching the newsroom and we're 53 minutes in before my first Aaron Sorkin reference, which is why I texted you to ask if you had any golf jokes, because for some reason I'm sitting here reading this article. And when I'm, when I'm working at home, I usually have the newsroom or something like that on in the background. It's literally background noise. Yeah. But I was reading this article and, you know, talking about being, you know, being him in, a, in like a, a courtroom giving a deposition, you know, being, you know, cross-examined and all that kind of whatnot. And there's a scene of a boardroom where Jane Fonda is the CEO of this company, the owner of this company. And she's, you know, trying to talk to the news director and they're having this meeting and she opens her, her kind of back and forth with him with a, with kind of a joke basically. And mm. it was, so it's, it's become one of my favorite golf jokes of all time. And it's kind of, you'll see but that's why i wanted to see if you had any on hand to contribute so, so yeah i i have one on hand that i could think of i um, want you to go i want you to go second because okay. i got a feeling it's probably going to be better than mine uh but it's it fun sure <laughs> oh man big build up all right so moses and moses and jesus are golfing okay. and they're, they're standing on the first tee jesus tees it up big old swing rope hook rope hook double cross left into the woods he stands there, you know, Moses kind of snickers and Jesus looks up and just kind of gives a little nod. And all of a sudden it starts to pour down rain and a, a creek forms right near where his ball is, picks up his ball, starts going downstream. Once it gets out into the fairway, a bird swoops down, picks it up, flies over, drops it into the hole for a hole in one. Jesus looks okay. back at Moses and smiles. Moses says, look, you want to play golf or you want to fuck around? <laughs> and I thought that was just kind of a um, a kind of funny joke 
to bring to the world. Although it probably oh, wasn't oh, that great. W- was that was that the punchline? That's the punchline. You want to play golf or oh. you want to fuck around? Do you get it? They're both deities so, and they're out there to oh, play I, golf. So do you actually want I, to play I, golf or do you want to sit here and fuck around? So I, I do get it. I, I I do like the story. It was a funny story. Oh, <laughs> this is why I wanted you to go second. <laughs> no, that's right, because my joke is shit too. Um, <laughs> but there's so and, many good golf jokes. And it might be well, I was gonna I was just gonna say it might be one you've already heard. It's just the only one I could think of uh when you texted me earlier. Uh but so two guys are golfing, they're up on the tee box and they're waiting, they're waiting, and there's there's two females out in the fairway and they're just kind of taking their time and the guys are getting frustrated, and the guy goes, you know, I'm gonna go up and say something. So he starts, you know, walking walking up to the fairway. He stops, turns around, and comes back and stands next to his friend and goes, What the hell happened? He goes, Oh, my wife is playing with my girlfriend up there, so I can't go up there. And he goes, No shit. He goes, Okay, okay, fine, I'll go say something. So the friend starts walking down the fairway, gets about halfway, same thing, stops, turns around and comes back. He goes, well, What the hell is wrong with you? And he just goes, Mine too. Do you get it? Wow. <laughs> they were fucking each other's wife. Okay. Always good to explain a joke. <laughs> no, it's good to get that. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, let's not quit our day job. No. Uh, it... <laughs> We're going to clip those too. Why not? Clip them to do what? <laughs> see, um, see you know what? We're going to clip them and see who gets more views on shorts this week. Your joke I or mine? <laughs> there, there we go. That's yeah, better golf joke. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Speaking of golf jokes, Bryson DeChambeau. <laughs> I know, hard to do it, right? No, have you seen that he's slimmed back down? <coughs> he's lost a shit ton of weight again. I think he's like, I think he's all into the pliability stuff. And, you know, he realized that bulking up like that and swinging that hard wasn't sustainable on the body, which who saw that coming? Yeah. Um, I have not seen, uh, and, and obviously, and the network uh, agrees. The the shorts, the shorts is what we should do. Um, the network agrees, but the no, I did. I did not see uh, that he slimmed down because um, because he hasn't playing golf. Hasn't been playing golf that I care about, which means I haven't seen him. And that's, but I said, and I said this to you earlier in the text where I was like, "Here's the thing: these guys know that they're not being seen anymore, so that's why we're, they're spending all their time just." bitching in social media and in the media because that is Liv's product now. Liv's product is to be loud and heard, but it has nothing to do with golf anymore. No one goes to live to to watch golf anymore. They just go to see the drama. Or pay attention to the drama and on the social medias and everything else. What if Liv just takes off down in Australia? I did see, uh, I, and I don't know if they were just trying to throw hot takes out there, but I saw an article that was making an argument that maybe Liv is taking over the international space, which we talked about that. This is a global game. We are a sure. kind of Anglo-Saxon, Western-centric thinking group. <clears throat> I think that you have to open up these international competition pools to all players for, for captain's picks. I, I don't, I mean, they've already shrunk down the number sure. of automatic qualifiers. I think in, in the president's cup, it's like six and then they get six captain's picks or something like something ridiculous like that. So, you know, the days of 10 and two are over. Uh, and I think that's okay. I think you have to do that to maybe spice it up, make the competition a little more fierce. But, but maybe, I think that's, that's going to be step one is mm-hmm. this, you know, this upcoming Ryder cup. I don't know if there's anybody over there that you really would want to take. I mean, I think, uh, maybe Westwood as kind of a nostalgic pick or, or Henrik Stenson. But I think there's so many good freaking young guns over there yeah. in the deep world tour that they're just going to let those guys fade away. But I think that's step one to healing is allow them into the international competition pool. Do figure out this official world golf ranking things, because I think that they're banging their fists and, you know, wow, you're leaving us out. All right. Give them the crumbs that they're, they're entitled to. And then, yeah, you got to go win all 14 of those tournaments every year to actually get enough to make a difference in your in your standing. So uh, there's a way to figure it out, and I think they will. But step one is going to be national play, which shouts to Jim Furyk. Oh, captain, my captain, the yes. next president up in 2024. Mm-hmm. I love that Beak is going to be at the helm. Uh, and, and it was kind of interesting to see one of his interviews talking about Who's going to be this next wave? Because I think the the class of Freddie Couples, Jim Furyk, Davis Love the Third, Steve Stricker, that era of leadership—I know we hate to think about it—is starting to kind of sunset. 
Uh, and you know, yeah. obviously Tiger, Tiger is going to be Tiger for the next 40 years, you know, wherever they want him or need him, you know, that, that's what he's going to do. He's got, he's on scholarship forever, but um, you know, who, who is going to fill that void? And I don't, I don't know who you want to say because, you know, Zach Johnson about as, is about as young as I would go. Zach Johnson, Brant Snedeker, but I don't know yeah. if those guys have, you know, you know, well, I know Zach Johnson wants it. He's, mean, he's already. <clears throat> I think Zach Johnson, because Zach Johnson's always been around the, you know, the international play, the international yeah. tournaments, <laughs> the right yeah. cup of that. So, so I could see I, Brant Snedeker. That's an odd name to throw out there in my opinion, but Zach Johnson, I could definitely see. Thanks for shitting on Sneds. I agree. Oh, I like long. Snedeker, but I just don't think he's got the. He necessarily has the name, rec- not net recognition, but the. Well, he also, what I meant was he might not want it. Like not all these guys well, want to do all the yeah. stuff. They don't get paid. You know, they they probably get a, not, a lot of financial support from whatever sponsors are funding it all in USA Golf and that kind of shit. Sure. Uh, yeah. But this is all this is all volunteer volunteer type work. Uh, <laughs> fringe benefits do matter when you talk about volunteer experiences. Uh, but I also think it's important and I do think it'll open up. Uh, the last thing anybody does want to see is, is arguments for a live slash PGA tour and DP. Although if you want to do that, then you got to lump in the DP world tour as well. You got to take on the whole yeah. world live, live versus the world. Yeah. Do it. Send your best. We'll send our best. I'm fine with that. That works for me. But if you're looking at your clock, that brings up the end of our show here. It is nine o'clock. Sadly, mercifully. No, no, we, we were rolling tonight. We were flowing. It felt good. felt natural. You know what? I loved it. And we discovered we synced up. That was fantastic news. Uh, yeah, no. it's all good here on the Divots and Pivots and Show. But that is going to do it for us here on this Tuesday night. We'll be back next Tuesday and every Tuesday following that at 8 o'clock. We'll discuss how we did at the Wells Fargo. And if you're still in the mood for some golf, coming up in an hour at 10 o'clock right here on Fantasy Sports Corporation, we have Plus Money Golf. They're bringing you all your – uh, your bets outside of DFS, they'll, they'll get you all the information you need to know on who to bet outright to win, who your top fives, tens, Head 20s, heads, props. all the fun stuff. Exactly. So they got it all for you. So stick around, tune back in. We will see you next week, same place, 8 o'clock here. We love you. Have a good one, guys. 